Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome in to episode 20 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is TF Joker. Joker, what's crack, brother? What's going on, man? Uh, absolutely nothing, PT. I'm just excited for tonight's premium tastiest of live events. Yeah, for sure. As we are recording today, we have the pay-per-view Extreme Rules, which would be airing. So as you listen to this on day one, it would have happened last night. So hopefully you enjoyed the pay-per-view or premium live event and things happened that you enjoyed or things returned or matches results happened that you liked along the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that uh, there's a couple of matches there that I'm just kind of hoping for the results that we talked about on our stream, which if you haven't watched, you can go and check out on the YouTube channel, uh, where we uh, simmed some results this week when 2K22 would allow us. Um, yeah, there's there's some pretty nice, uh, pretty nice matches there and some teases. And yeah, I'm kind of just... Looking forward to the culmination of some storylines. Uh, it's always a really good time around these events, and uh, uh, it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. At least for now. Yeah, there's a couple matches that should be just really, really like hard-hitting. For example, uh, I think of the Brawling Brutes and Imperium that, again, at the, at the time you're listening to it, it have already happened, but man, they're always hard-hitting when you can get the combination of like a Seamus or a Gunther or the other lads just knocking seven shades out of each other, and it's always visually a good time for the fans. It's going to be especially more hard-hitting after the result of last night on SmackDown, where um, you know we saw some shenanigans, and uh, we saw the Brazilian top employed, and uh, it, was, uh, it was fun all round. The mat may be sacred when it suits him, but I don't know if it was sacred last night. Yeah, so... At the time of recording, we're looking forward to the matchups, and hopefully, again, you enjoyed the pay-per-view, and it was a good one overall. And as a quick aside, again, thank you for the folks who are supporting us. We got over 100 subscribers on our YouTube channel, so thank you so, so much for helping us get over that milestone. And again, for on the audio side, for all these downloads, again, we've passed the 400 download mark, so... Again, just appreciate all the support that you guys have thrown us, and we are blown away and humbled, so thank you. Yeah, triple digit subscribers, thank you very much. Cannot thank you enough. Uh, before we kick into the show proper, we here at Kayfabe Council are saddened to hear about the sudden passing of Sarah Lee Weston. Our thoughts are with her family and friends at this time. All right. As a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash kayfabecouncil and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at the acclaimed Celebrate National Scissoring Day. We also look at the Sammy Guevara incidents. And we also have a special mini segment where we're going to look at the continued Jey Uso and Sammy Zayn saga. But coming up first, the acclaimed celebrate National Scissoring Day. 
So this was a celebratory segment that happened on this past week's episode of AEW Dynamite, essentially to celebrate the acclaimed winning the AEW World Tag Team titles here. So we kick into the segment proper here. The acclaim hit the ring in their usual style as Max Caster delivers a promo and Anthony Bowens wants Daddy Ass to scissor him. The crowd is chanting, Oh, scissor me, Daddy. To which Bro- Bowens responds, quote, I'm glad you're all chanting that because Daddy loves to scissor. And then Bowens when then welcomes us to a National Scissoring Day as he claims they're the most popular, the most winningest, and the best damn homegrown team in AEW history. He also reveals that in their that their Scissor Me Daddy Ass t-shirt is the number one selling shirt of 2022. So we start off in a very nice sort of crowd response to the acclaimed, just as soon as that music hits, the crowd is going absolute ape and bananas for them. So nice little piece here, again, giving them a segment to just celebrate and kind of share with the fans and yeah, just kind of, Soak it all in. Yeah, I mean, we here at KFAB Council love the acclaimed. Like, as you know, everybody loves the acclaimed, but we have made some topics about this before. Uh, if you have paid attention to some of the shorts, we were saddened whenever the ass claimed initially broke up. We actually did mourn for them. Um, I was inconsolable for about a month. And then uh, we did have the revelation that Daddy Ass was joining back up with the acclaimed. And uh, ever since, it's just been like a revitalization for all three individuals. Um, I can't say enough good things about the acclaimed, like going into that segment, into that initial sort of run uh, with the Ass Boys, as they don't like to be called um and and billy gunn daddy ass so it's like whenever they started with that i was like okay i already like the acclaimed like you know i I love their i love their shtick i love the way they come to the ring they're pretty good in the ring they they could do with some do some uh pushing here for a wee while and then you know everything leads up to this celebrate national scissoring day them being the champ like I, I couldn't be happier for these two guys. I think this is amazing. Um, the fan outpouring of uh of chance, the amount of uh scissor me daddy t-shirts, uh the signs, the scissors, the if you had watched any WWE back in the day, there was a Cesaro section uh pieces of paper that people would hold up. They are now scissoring sections. Um, and I was just, I, I had to do a double take. I didn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I thought it was just people were scribbling out Cesaro, just writing scissoring on the top of it. Uh, this, this was just great. And they played it up. They hammed it up so well. Anthony Bowens, um, on the mic, you know, doing, uh, doing what he, uh, actually never gets to do and have an extended piece in front of the crowd. Um, we talked a lot about reps for people. Um, he is more kind of known for the call the name of the city and the acclaimed have arrived and then scissor me. Uh, you know, that's pretty much all he gets to do in front of the crowd. 
but he spoke well. He uh, he had a really good promo, and I just I loved every second of this. Yeah, hundred percent. I have two things that kind of stand out to me. Like, I think you, Joker, were sort of the one that kind of really brought me around to the acclaimed. Like before their partnership with the Gun Club as a whole. Yeah, I was aware of them. You know, I thought they were just really, you know, kind of young, solid tag team. But then when, you know, we were chatting and then they finally got paired up with Billy Gunn and Colton and Austin and they sort of really got their, got to do the skits and kind of really got to show their personality and kind of sort of get out of that box and then have those exposure pieces, I think is really when I kind of came around and I was like, ooh, cool, these guys have personality, I really like them. So I think those two things considered really helped bring me around uh, for sure on the acclaimed and the piece again about the nature of the reps you're absolutely right like bowen's again he would have max do the the rap on the intro and then of course you know hey insert city you know the claim arrived you know scissor me daddy ass type of thing but yeah he bowen's did a really good job of holding court to open the segment as the orator of the uh of sort of the first third sort of chapter of this and i thought he did a phenomenal job to your point yeah it, it was it, it wasn't even surprising like you know whenever you have like a really good promo every every so often for someone like oh actually that was that was pretty good this wasn't surprising honestly um there was a digital exclusive that they had uh last week or the week before where he just spoke from the heart and he was amazing and uh it was just one of those things that you're like you know I've seen I've seen more digital exclusives on him, you know, where he's describing his run through how to become how he became a wrestler and the steps he had to go through, um, and his own personal struggles and things like that. There and you know, you we know that the guy can talk. We know that the guy has charisma and he is just a genuinely nice guy. And then that's why this whole thing. I was just thankful that he got time in front of the crowd. Uh, because yeah, like you say, Max Caster usually dominates the mic, but this was um, holding court. Yeah, he uh, he definitely he definitely held it well. Oh, hundred percent. So we continue on here. It says Bowens says they've brought the home they brought home gold. So AEW doesn't stand for All Elite Wrestling; it stands for Acclaimed Every Wednesday. And Bowens says that normally. They normally celebrate by scissoring, and he knows a thing or two about scissoring. And they used to call Babe Ruth the Sultan of Swat, but Bowens is the Sultan of Scissor. From there, Bowens explains what scissoring is, and it's a handshake. It's a sign of friendship, and it's a sign of a true team. And he says that people want the division to be represented by a real team, and not two dudes thrown together like Heath Lee. And Sneaky Swerve. He did a really good job here of just kind of bringing it home. And then again, for a lot of folks that are already aware or some of the folks that aren't, to kind of sell it and, and cement what the meaning of scissoring is. Yeah, like there obviously with the, the t-shirts, there have been a lot of uh, tweets that I've seen. It's like, the wife won't let me wear this to the family gathering. You know, I can't go out in public. The wife says I can't have this, or I'm meeting my elderly relatives and I don't want to have to explain, like, how do I get around this? Um, so, yeah, the, the the fact that, you know, we we got the definition of scissoring with 
plenty of eyebrows raised, let's face it. There was I was watching it just kind of going, mm-hmm. are you sure? Is that what that really means? Um, the Sultan of Scissor has told me that it is a handshake between friends and it is a sign of friendship. Uh, so that is what scissoring uh, means when it comes to the acclaimed. So I, I, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I uh, <laughs> Let's face it. I love everything they do. <laughs> I can't badmouth a single thing. And they have just everybody on Twitter just uh, with the t-shirts and the interaction. And I can't stress it enough. Everybody loves the acclaimed. And a very sort of very heartwarming piece. And he talks about, you know, it's a handshake. It's about friendship. It's about a true team. And I was like, oh, that's just a nice, quick little summation. But I was like, man, is that heartfelt. And very nice and kind, yeah. Yeah, he he definitely was sincere. And he didn't sound like he was being sarcastic or, you know, uh, anything like that there. He, he literally came across as genuinely sincere and telling us this is exactly what uh, scissoring is. And that's that's the definition, and that's all you need to know. As we continue on here, uh, we talk about Bowens. He claims that Sneaky Swerve would like people to believe they're the most popular team. This is, of course, Swerve in Our Glory of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. But that's wrong, because everyone loves the acclaimed. Bowen says it isn't Swerve's house. And Billy Gunn says, gets on the mic, he says it's Daddy Ass's house. And now for everybody in the building, and the millions, and millions of people at home, it's National Scissoring Day, and Billy was sent down to City Hall today and asked if he'd present the acclaimed with something. That's right, because he is a big deal, don't forget. Oh, for sure. And he presents them with a giant pair of golden scissors, and the crowd pops huge. Bowen takes a lap around the ring, to which Billy Gunn says, no running with scissors, please. So actually another nice little piece as we kind of move into sort of the next chapter here with Billy Gunn taking the podium. But yeah, really, really nice little touch. Billy just playing off the crowd because another huge Oh Scissor Me Daddy chant from the crowd. And you're talking about the response of Swerve, you know, the sneaky Swerve. And like, whose house? No, 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 no. This is Daddy's. This is Daddy Ass's house. And then the uh, the other portion of the, when he was going to bring out the golden sort of envelope or golden kind of gif, I'm like, they're in D.C. Did He went to City Hall. Did they get them the keys to the city, perhaps? Like the ceremonial piece? No. They, he presented them with a pair of big golden scissors. And usually like when they do like ribbon cutting ceremonies in sort of like the City Hall or the town square or things like that. They usually have just, you know, a pair of sitters for ceremony. I was like, that was perfect for them to present the acclaimed with a pair of scissors. I thought it was just genius. I thought it was great. Uh, like you said, Billy Gunn uh, played off the crowd. He obviously he obviously heard someone in the crowd went, really? And I said, that's right, I'm a big deal. Just you know, addressing them in the middle of his spiel. It's like, this man was the guy who, you know, struggled to remember his... Uh, struggle to remember his line in dx um it was it was great uh he has 
he has some decent comedic chops with these guys because he just hams it on up with them. Like you've seen him kind of sitting there and he was he was sort of playing about with his hands while Bowen was was talking with the scissoring symbols and stuff. And uh, it was just like, yeah, you see, he's great. Like, um, and then yeah, the way <laughs> the way Anthony's just running around the ring holding the scissors, you could hear everybody going, "Hey, stop that!" No running with scissors, please. Um, I even said it myself, like whenever I was watching, I was like, don't run with those scissors. And it was just, it was such a fun and lighthearted segment. Um, but it, the, the symbolism for obviously National Scissoring Day was, uh, was great. I, I love this part. I think to your point as well, like Billy Gunn does really well when he gets to play off of somebody. Like there were a couple pushes when he was in WWE where he was pushed as a single star and may not have shined specifically when he was able to do promos sort of by himself. But again, when he can play off of someone or his like sort of comrades or his partner per se, that he has a really good rapport with, I think that's when he shines and he has that sort of relationship again with Bowens and Caster here as evident by just him Again, playing off and, and all the smiles and the timing was just spot on. Yeah, he, he was just so good. Um, and he, he's not this kind of mentor that comes in and is like, oh, I am the star, you know, uh, they are getting the rub off me. Um, this has definitely felt like, yes, of course, it's Billy Gunn. Um, it's daddy ass. The whole sister me daddy ass thing is is rejuvenating um Billy Gunn to a point uh where everybody's kind of giving him the chance like oh scissor me daddy and all this here. Um but it's it's given these kids like a really, really solid um basis for what they do. Like they go forward going forward, they will just be able to build off of this experience with him. And um they're not overshadowed by him. Whereas if you compare this sort of mentorship to the JAS, for example, Chris Jericho sort of overshadows the entire JAS uh, because it's in the name, it's the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, it's it's also in other factions and stuff um, that are in AEW, but this one definitely feels um, that it's a very equal partnership and it's it's great to see. It's a fantastic point where you think of him more as a coach and like a mentor yeah. type of thing. And it's as the collective, as the ass claimed and the three of them together complement each other well. Like one, again, one's not dominating over the other in a sense. Like they're all three equal pieces working together for the betterment of the whole. And that's just fantastic. Yeah. All right. In the next piece here, we see Max Caster jump on the mic. He says, uh, then he asks everyone to turn to their right and turn to their left and offer peace to your neighbor via scissoring, which all fans do. Joker, peace be with you. Peace be with you, my friend. And also with you. Double scissor. And also with you. Caster then turns to Bowens and offering the scissorm and exclaims, peace be with you, Anthony, of course, and peace be with you, Joker, and to peace be with you, to everyone out there listening. Tony Schiavone mentions it's like being in mass and quick as a whip, Taz says, but different, but it's a lot more fun here. The timing on that was amazing, by the way. <laughs> Taz is a gem. He is a gem. Like whatever they're talking about, this is like how he's been part of many National Scissoring Days and 
Excalibur is just like, it's not what you said on Dark last night. <laughs> and, and, and things like this here, like Yambag Jones and all this here, like honestly, Taz is the highlight of my uh, of my Dynamite uh, commentary team. Him and Excalibur are just amazing. And I need more of them. But them covering this section just was <laughs> just so good. I love the I love the little banter between uh, Excalibur and Taz, and then when Tony Schiavone jumps in with a couple things as well, it's like it's fantastic. And they have they you tell at this point they have a good rapport and they can kind of joke and play off each other. But yeah, just the the fact that he was like quick as a, a whippet, uh, but it's more fun than mass. So I was like, I love it it's so good. It was it was it's just. Whenever Tony Schiavone's brought in, it's like that older parental figure that doesn't quite get what's going on as the two kids are just having a bit of fun. Think even there is even at some point is like the they they go to scissor. Uh they go to scissor Tony Schiavone as well for the handshake. It's just like it just it, I love them. They're great. Yeah, it's really, really good. All right, and we get uh, a moment, a little bit more of a serious note here from Castor. He wants to talk about greatness, and he mentions the Washington football team winning Super Bowl 17, that his dad was on that championship team, and his Super Bowl ring is his most prized possession. And he wears it every day, and it's proof that he achieved greatness. Like they, the acclaimed, having won the tag team titles. Referring to Washington, D.C., the city that they were in, uh, the city also represents the ugly side of the country, the division between us. But we all agree, everyone loves the acclaimed. There's no left and right, there's no red and blue, and they wear pink, and everybody looks good in pink. And they are the people's choice and the people's voice. And they're doing the first ever bipartisan scissor to unite the country and then unfortunately but before they were able to hit it we see the appearance of swerve strickland really really touching piece from bowens again yeah so some of the folks again that may not be super familiar washington dc was sort of a hotbed again it's uh the united states nation's capital so we have a lot of our uh, national government buildings in located in Washington, D.C., but also in historically, there was a lot of marches. There's a lot of protests. It was a sort of very historical piece in terms of division, politically, socially, socioeconomically here in uh, the United States in years past. And to one thing we talk about is to try to in wrestling or anything and just in life we try to learn from the past so that we potentially don't try to make mistakes that have harmed us before so it's just an acknowledgement piece of like hey you know we've we've gone through some tough times we've may not have always been kind of the best and even now sometimes we're just we disagree or we're divided but that notwithstanding we can come together and you know i'm sure there was folks in the crowd that may believe in different things but for this one moment, they were just all in agreement that they loved the acclaim and they were able to scissor and they looked to their left and their right and they were able to scissor the person next to them and, and share some kindness and some friendship. So I thought actually it was another wonderfully touching moment there. 
Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Like whenever he he sort of said um, about the greatness, I was like, oh yeah, I do remember his. Um, I do remember his dad being mentioned as a former uh, pro football player, won uh, won, a, won the NFL's prize, and um, then whenever he said this, I was like, oh, he's he's getting strangely uh, strangely serious for a second. It's like kind of appreciated that, and then he was there's you know there's red and there's blue. Uh, but the acclaimed were pink. I was like, this is just this is just another reason why I love the acclaimed. Every, just everybody looks good in pink, and you know it's kind of funny. Like I like the fact that he he started off jovial, threw in some seriousness there, and then ended off with some more of that lightheartedness. Um, it, it's just it just goes to show the nature of these guys is that we're not trying to throw stuff down your face. Uh, but we're we're not going to ignore things as well, um, and you know it's just one of those things that I really liked. Um, it didn't all have to be you know sugar in this uh, in this section. It didn't all have to be sweet. You know it didn't have to be nice. Um, and, and it was it was good that he added that in there. Yeah, a lot of times when folks can relate or understand when you add a little bit of context or so or you know, subtext to it. So again, I, your point about, you know, started off kind of the sort of semi lightheartedness, you know, thank you for my dad. I always wanted uh, you know, he was proud with that. Got brought some things for context, but then also didn't shove it down our throats or didn't make it super apparent. It's just like, you know what, like recognizing there's some stuff going on in the world. Sometimes we all disagree, but you know what, we're here and we're united because we we like this wrestling thing and we enjoy it and we love the acclaim. So really good job with that for sure. Bringing it back to you about the we love the acclaimed was a uh, nice. Yeah, really good job. And then we see the appearance of Swerve Strickland. Ooh. Swerve, <laughs> there was some there were some booze right there. Swerve Strickland gets on the mic here and he says this is an idiotic situation and he tells more kids will can get suspended like they did before. Uh, Billy Gunn, due to his t-shirt, of course referring to the Scissor Me Daddy Ass t-shirt that Billy was wearing and alluding to the D-Generation X Suck It t-shirts like many kids 20 to 25 years ago were flagrant, fragrantly <laughs> shouting in their schoolyards. Strickland points out that it wasn't for Billy Gunn. He'd still be a champion. And he says that next week it'll be Billy Gunn facing a swerve one-on-one. If he tries to use those two fingers, he'll make sure that he never uses them again because Rock beats Scissor. So nice little added point here from Swerve as a counterpoint. I, I did like that. Nice and simple. Drove the point home pretty clearly. And I'm like, ooh, okay. A little bit of validation there or a little bit of text there. So I'm, um, I liked Swerve's retort to the acclaimed. Yeah, the fact that he's pointing out is like, oh, you DDT to me on the outside, you know, and I lied. Um, uh, or was it the fam- fam- famous me outside? I think he, like, I think he hit the famous, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking of the DDT from another section. Um, but yeah, like famous him on the outside. It's like, oh yeah, cool. But like, you got one move on the outside there, Swerve. Chill out, bro. <laughs> Calm down. Uh. Obviously, he was trying to go through this as eloquently as possible, got a bit tongue-tied himself, um, talking about uh, the two decades earlier and stuff like this here, which uh, 
coming from a background where I always had to wear a school uniform, I never got to wear a wrestling t-shirt to school, but I damn sure told an awful lot of people to uh, follow the DX's um, catchphrase. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I love the reference. The implied reference, obviously, everybody knows. Um, I think it's on this week's Monday Night Raw is the uh, is the DX anniversary as well. So that all ties in rather nicely, and I like it. Um, things with a nice, neat bow are always fun, and I can't wait to see this referenced on next week's Monday Night Raw subliminally by uh, <laughs> by Hunter and Sean. Um, but yeah. The, the the swerve kind of final point was, you know, rock beat scissors was like, I like this, but you're you're just you're just a cornball here, Swerve. You're just a bit of a cornball right now. <laughs> I like the charisma that Swerve had here. It just kinda he had a nice little swagger to him and he drove the point. And and I was kinda like, where are we going with this? And then he pulled a rock out of his jacket and and hit that sort of exclamation point. Well, rock because rock eat scissor and i'm like he really did that so i okay super interesting a little corny at the end but i still liked his retort it's all made better by this next segment because without this next segment it just ends up being corny 100 so we see the finale of the go home of this segment here mark sterling then appears and he tells swerve paper beats rock so we've completed the trifecta and Mark Sterling says that he uh, he says that the acclaimed need him to beat Swerve, as they can't do it alone. He wants to represent them, but instead gets taken out by Bowens, who drops the scissor me timbers between the legs from the top rope, and then Gun before Swerve walks off accepts Swerve's challenge, and then says he can. Of course, now you can go. And then we ultimately end the segment here, where everyone hitting the scissor spot. So I do agree that the paper segment or the portion here from Mark Sterling again completed that trifecta, rock, papers, and scissors. Whenever we have our like pre-production meetings, we talk about these, but like at that one point, I, I had to pause it because for the first time ever, Mark Sterling had me in stitches. He's just like paper beats rock guy or jerk or something. I guess he said something afterwards, and I just paused it and I just laughed. I was like, "Yes!" And the, to top it all off, to the earlier point of everybody looks good in pink, he might have a pink suit. He did, and it was great. You loved to see it, and he's like, you know, he's, he's still bad mouth and swerve, fantastic. And then he goes on to say, it's "Like, if you just sign this, then we can show the people what they really want." You three guys scissoring me, and then he just gets, and he just gets broadsided, like yes, and straight into the scissor me timbers, which, by the way, is a fantastic name for a move that you know is like about two, three weeks old. That is a great, um, great name for a move, right? I just thought it's, I just think it's like for a move that is clearly the overdrive for top rope because it does nothing. This is honestly the overdrive for the top rope. Because it's just him landing a leg drop on a leg. <laughs> That's it. It's great. Um, but yeah, this uh, this additional little uh, final segment uh, being capped off by them doing the bipartisan scissor was just gotta send people home happy. 
and this whole segment as a whole, I think was, was just fantastic. Gave the crowd again, turned these guys super baby face, the crowd response, especially, which was got a lot of groundswell at all out about four or so weeks ago when they faced Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee for the tag team titles. And you could tell by the end of that match, man, all those near falls and things as such that crowd wanted the acclaim to win that. So kudos to TK for running it back at Grand Slam and pulling the trigger on the acclaimed for that. And again, and as evidenced by this sort of celebratory uh, segment here that we just got, the crowd just went, was much a part of the segment as any of these performers were as well. You see how many times that the cameraman cut to signs in the crowd to folks just cheering, to folks holding up, you know, the two fingers, the twos, and just kind of going ape whenever they said something or kind of prompted them. It was just incredible. So I think, yeah, just all around, just really fun and engaging segment. Yeah, the, to the all out point, like whenever I woke up the next day afterwards, all I saw was people, you know, complaining, saying he should have called an audible, he should have called an audible. And I, I never, I didn't understand what it was talking about. And then I watched the match and, you know, like you said, the groundswell for them during that match was just amazing. Uh, and you can see what happened. And obviously, we're not going to call an audible like this face. And he's not going to do that. That's a wee bit, a wee bit unfair and silly. Um, but the fact that he did run it back and give it to them, Shows T shows that TK did listen. Uh, whether or not that was always going to be the case, maybe he had to accelerate it because of the amount of support that they claimed got. He was like, Well, we'll run this for a few weeks and we'll see if they can get it. And if they can, we'll give it to them. But they got it in like two days. They got in like two segments, like they win, you know, that's it. Um I uh I'm just super happy that we have went on the channel specifically from mourning the loss of this group in its uh, in its infancy where yeah like i was i was telling you like this, this these guys are just great like i love i love them together uh the fact that they're doing like the got billy gun just saying it's like i've got you a match on dark elevation and they go nuts and everything like this here and you know these guys hammed it up Absolutely love them in their first iteration. I love them in this second iteration with just the the acclaimed and, and Billy Gunn. And uh I I hope that we uh have this baby face run for another another few months into the into the new year before we uh we have to say goodbye to it. Because like most things it'll probably run its course. But scissoring will never die. Yeah, for sure. If you've stayed with us sort of since the beginning of the early days of our shows and our shorts, you would see that we've appreciated their growth and to see them now celebrate a championship win is just fantastic. So kudos to the acclaimed to, to Billy Gunn as well. And just kind of everybody around and you can see when things line up and it's just right, how wrestling can just be sort of a magical moment and create these little for lack of a term, just again, moments that are just so memorable and feel so right when it's everything comes together. Can't agree more. All right. So those were our thoughts on the acclaimed celebrating National Scissoring Day. Let us know down in the comments on YouTube or on Twitter and Instagram what your thoughts were of the acclaimed celebrating their AEW Tag Team Championship win and more so over 
celebrating National Scissoring Day. All right, coming up to our next topic here. Uh, a little bit different topic here. Uh, we're going to look at the what we're calling the Sammy Guevara incidents. Before we get into this segment here, uh, before folks are jumping down into the comments or, or, or sharing this type of thing, let, let us preface it here that this isn't a segment to speak negatively about Sammy Guevara. This isn't the purpose of this. This is just sort of looking at a sort of interaction that he had with Andrade most recently. And then we are going to sort of discuss and look at just sort of things that have been made public in terms of sort of other quote unquote incidents that he's had with some of his other coworkers or, or folks in the wrestling world. And again, it's just a nature of looking at these things that have made public and what can we learn? What can we try to figure out as fans on the other side of the barricade and see if we can collectively as a whole, as a wrestling community, try to do better so that we don't have these huge controversies and make people kind of go up in arms and people get suspended and things of such. So we're just looking at it sort of in that context. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a retrospective more so than an investigation into how he can... Uh... Uh, he can be a better guy or something. We're not going to offer him advice on something. Um, and we're just we're just sort of looking at the 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 sort of stuff that has been going on, um, like like BT said with the uh, most recent incident being another in what seems like a long line of of uh, speed bumps. Yeah, for sure. Sammy, just you know, so young, so talented, but. Again, we're just looking at a couple of things that just, again, I, I really like that term speed bumps along his road and his in career that maybe just, again, maybe we can learn some things also being sort of in the wrestling community as a whole. So we look at the piece here which prompted this uh, was an interaction that he had on Twitter most recently with Andrade. So I'll grab some news articles or some reports so we can be informed ourselves and refresh but then also for folks that maybe aren't as educated we can all sort of be on the same page so we can speak into context and maybe not speak ignorantly regarding these things so we have andrade el Ilo and sammy guevara were involved in a heated exchange on twitter over the weekend this led to a physical confrontation between the two men at wednesday's aew dynamite tv taping According to a, a report from Fightful, the interaction online before the fight caused a lot of frustration with several people in AEW, and they knew it wasn't a work going in. This all started when Al Andrade accused Guevara of complaining that he hit too hard while working in the ring. Guevara responded by calling El Idolo, quote, a jobber and a favor hire, which led to Andrade claiming that he approached Guevara and he didn't do anything. Guevara fired back, claiming that that was a lie. Guevara said, quote, Just go back to WWE like we all know you want to do, and F off. While Jose, the assistant, confirmed Andrade's side of the story. While several staff and talent were told it wasn't work, and the two men did legitimately not like each other, they were not 100% certain that it couldn't be a work. One veteran talent said, quote, when you get into mentioning that wrestling isn't real, it defeats the purpose of whatever storyline you could be trying to work. 
they were talking about hitting each other hard and complaining. So if, if it is a work, it's a bad one. And I'm sure they'll eventually have a match, though, just because people are talking. Another top name in the company said that they were frustrated by the matter, regardless of whether it's a work or not, because it makes the locker room look bad. As you'd expect, people now realize it's not a work. Following the fight at AEW Dynamite, another original member of the roster said they considered it disrespectful to the trio of Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley. Following Wednesday's fight, El Idolo's career versus mask match with the Dark Order's Preston 10 Vance has been canceled. Andrade was sent home from the AEW Dynamite TV tapings. So, to surmise very quickly, heated words were exchanged between Sammy and Andrade. They ended up meeting up at the TV taping and... There was an altercation, Andrade was sent home, and Sammy stayed at work. So, and it again all started over a social media exchange. So, man, I'm just, as I'm thinking when I read sort of the the informational piece right there, one thing that stuck out to me was they quoted an unnamed person saying, man, it makes the locker room look bad and just like, when you're kind of trying to position things, if you don't know it's a work or you, and you think it is, that was the two things that stood out to me. Like in this day and age, again, you're trying to get maybe a little heat or you're trying to get a little bit more investment from the fans. If you're going to sort of go at each other on a social media platform, you can't tell it. We, sometimes now you don't even know if things are a work or if it's a shoot. So it's just, it's confusing and it's sometimes muddy the water. So what are your... yeah. What what did your impressions of when you kind of heard or kind of this came to light? Yeah. Um, so I was lying in bed whenever I read the the tweet from Guevara about the jobber uh, favor hire, and I was legitimately confused. I was like, okay, Sammy's so starting something cool. I'll, I'll check out in the morning. I went to sleep, woke up the next day, and Andrade was trending, and Alidolo, I think, was as well. Um, and I just kind of looked at it and, you know, I, I kind of followed along. And as I sort of read everything, I read and, and heard an article about how uh, Tony Khan had recently been on um, a, uh, a show. Uh, I can't remember the name of the show, unfortunately, but had mentioned that the locker room is very stable. Well... Those words were barely out of his mouth before uh, Sammy decided that he did not like the sound of them. Um, and it seems like Andrade didn't either. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say one is the instigator, one is uh, worse than the other. They're both as bad as each other. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I agree with the sentiments that uh, if you are complaining about uh, people being stiff, uh, people working hard, then work them hard. You know, work, you know, the, the term receipt is bashed around an awful lot. People give receipts out. You know, Hardcore Holly was one for working pretty stiff back in the day. People would, people would give him stiff back again as well. Uh, JBL. Uh, those are just two names from back in the day. Even recently, Andrade mentioned things like John Cena, 
uh, Sheamus, I'm sure Gunther, um, you know, these guys, even if you watch the Clash of the Castle, Walter, sorry, Gunther and Sheamus, uh, they, they just hamburger meated each other up. If anybody has a right to complain about being worked hard, worked stiff, it's one of those two guys. That's f- that is totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Sammy, I'm sorry. You were practically tickled by comparison. You, you are a high flyer. Sure. You don't work this slap style. You, you, you don't work this sort of brawling style. And you, you haven't really worked a wrestler who wants to get in the chops, who wants to do hammer fists, who, who wants to do all this stuff, because you're still young in your career. But to complain on social media, or to have those complaints aired on social media, and then to have them be debunked, and then corroborated, and then for you to not even try to defend yourself, but go after his legitimacy? To me, personally, if you don't address the argument for which you're being uh, contradicted on, and you're just trying to dodge the thing, then it means that you know you're wrong. It just screams inept. Like, honestly, the kid needs to think before he starts to tweet. And that's the same for all of us. If you tweet something out and you save it and you come back to it an hour later, do you still feel the same way? Probably not, because you wrote it in the heat of the moment. You should not tweet out stupid stuff, especially whenever you have other people there to witness this and get involved, where your creative is not beholden to what is going to happen, where you're probably sat at home or in your hotel room or you know, doing something unsupervised. And let's not forget, Sammy is part of the JAS. His his mentor, his boss is Chris Jericho. And like you said, like this looks super bad on Jericho. I do not care what you say. This kid has, we talked about it last week, where he came back to the safe haven of Chris Jericho. Right, that partnership, you know, yeah. Yeah, where it was, he went off on his own. He didn't really cut the the whole flying solo thing with the TNT. Everybody sort of hated him and not the good way of hating him, more like, you know, the go away kind of hate. Um, And then he came back and he played ball. He got himself back to a position of neutrality, I would say. And then this, this happens again. I'm like, Sammy, put your phone in the bin. No. I think you brought up a really good point of, especially for somebody with a degree of celebrity status as well. Like there's a lot of eyes on you type of thing. So if you, if you do something, if you say something, if you act in a certain way, people are going to respond and people are going to gravitate. And and for some young impressionable minds, folks are going to think, okay, if this is the way to kind of get a response and type of thing. But the point I'm going with here, even even for the two of us, we happen to have Twitter accounts. We happen to have a social media piece, but we're small time. We're nobodies. All due respect. We're terrible at it. (laughs) Yeah. But the great thing about social media is everyone has a voice. The worst thing about social media is everyone has a voice. So it's, it's a, it's a platform where you have a stage, you have a voice, you have an outlet, but you bear in mind more so now 
the things you say, the more things that you do are on a much more kind of global scale. You know, if I was to say something here on this video, or if I was to tweet something out, it might get lost or it might get hidden and might buried or it might get discovered either soon or long time down the road. And it's just like, you know, where I'm going with this is that to your point about maybe if you say or tweet something in the heat of the moment and you come back to it and it's like, maybe I don't feel that way. Just you have to be more mindful now because folks are going to or be able to have visibility on your actions and your words. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and I, I want I want to obviously make this uh, as as clear as possible. Andrade is as equally in the wrong for rising to this and uh, and sort of this situation. Him being in this situation, whether or not he he took took liberties, uh, maybe he slapped him a bit too hard. Okay, cool. I don't I don't I don't really think that this should be brought up. I think Sammy should have just slapped him back a bit harder, and that would have been that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, him having to defend himself against this, um, it's a situation where we all know who Andrade is. We all know who Andrade is married to. We all know who, uh, you know, Andrade liked to work for. Uh, so the angle reeks of uh, vain and truth. Like, we know, we can see that. Andrade probably really liked how he was pushed in NXT under uh, under Pop H. And his wife is going back to work soon. You know, and so Sammy is Sammy is tugging on the not just the low-hanging fruit. This this fruit has fell to the ground and is sitting there for all to see. Like there's very little effort in in what he's doing. So, um, that being said, it's like you probably don't want to rise to this because, legitimately, the story was there with Preston, uh, Preston Tan Vance, where you were putting your career up against his mask. We correct. all know how much he wanted to correct these masks or collect these masks, not correct them, collect these masks from luchadors. Um, and so this mask was something that was really sentimental, given to him by Brody Lee. And you're gonna put your career up. So that was the veil of uh, the vein of truth right there. And now Sammy's getting involved. I don't know whether or not he felt like he he would be better suited or or or, or what, what was going on. He just decided he wanted to inject himself into this. But you know, it just felt like the story was already there for the possibility of it being real. It's like. Because my, whenever the match was made, I personally went, oh, actually, he, he, he does want out. I have been paying enough attention to I know that Andrade has some out, you know, outward influences. Uh, so he does kind of want out. And it's just one of those things that you look at and go, actually, there's no way he, there's no way he loses because then you would, I don't know how long his contract is, maybe he says like the rest of his contract. The likelihood is we're going to get the demasking of President Vance, which would be sad because the Brody Lee connection, etc. So all in all, this was a, a match that I was looking forward to. So thank you for ruining that, Sammy. And thank you for ruining that Andrade. Because, you know, you, th that is what the real uh, victim of everything is here. You rob the fans of something they were looking forward to because you decided that 
social media needed to be alerted to you reverting to a five-year-old self and you wanted to have a tantrum? I'm going to agree with your earlier point of I don't think it falls solely on Sammy's shoulders. I think there's a degree of blame that also has to fall on Andrade as well. There's, at the end of the day, there's no, because of the way how it ended and how it sort of was interacted, both guys don't look good coming out of this. So it's not, there's no one side versus the other. It's just the nature of the, of the interaction. There's to a degree, both guys were at fault. So I'm in agreement with that. And again, I think folks were looking forward to how the story is going to play out with Preston. And then we just didn't get that. So I'm in agreement. The fans kind of lost out on that for sure. Yeah. And it, it's a real shame. And, um, you know, at this point, will we get to really see that? Probably not. Uh, begs to be seen. So, yeah, we ended up getting a trios match for the trios title in place of the mask versus career match. So that, was, that happened on. Rampage this past week. Yep. But we think about, so the, the title of the segment here is Sammy Guevara Incidents. And we see Sammy sort of kind of be at the sort of center of this particular one, but this isn't sort of the first time that he's had controversy or been at the center of, a, of kind of an incident per se. We look back here uh, during the Speaking Out movement in 2020. We, a social media movement against emotional, physical, and sexual abuse in the professional wrestling industry, comments Sammy Guevara made about Sasha Banks came to light. In 2016, three years before signing to AEW, Sammy Guevara appeared on an episode of the Whole Effin' Show podcast on January 25, 2016. In that podcast, he talked about his experience working at a WWE tryout. While at the tryout, Sammy made an abhorrent comment about Sasha Banks. On the podcast, Sammy said, quote, bro, Sasha Banks, oh my God, when I was at the WWE the other week, I wanted to just go effing R that woman. Upon news of the disgusting audio resurfacing, Sammy Guevara made an apology on social media in two now since deleted tweets, quote, I've made stupid, inappropriate, and extremely offensive comments in the past. In my idiotic mind, I thought I was being funny and using words and terms that represent nothing but horror and pain. I'm truly sorry for my hurtful words and actions and will never forgive myself. I also want to apologize to Sasha Banks for my unacceptable comments. She's an amazing person who didn't deserve to be the brunt of offensive remarks. I spoke with her earlier and she helped me learn a gigantic lesson and I thank her for that. Once again, I'm sincerely sorry. End quote. On June 22nd, 2022, excuse me, 2020, AEW suspended Sammy Guevara without pay upon news of the incident and Sammy was ordered to undergo extensive sensitivity training. So this was sort of the first kind of quote unquote incident that we had with Sammy Guevara, which again, some remarks were made, some, I think the article stated that some abhorrent remarks. And he was subsequently suspended. And he was gone, I believe, for the guts of about two, maybe two and a half months or so during the summer of June 2020. So we see a little bit of uh, history in a sense. I hate to use that word, but we see some kind of moments come up in previous 
having to do with Sammy and just making some remarks. And maybe again, he, he mentioned it here in sort of the apology tweets about maybe him being young and impressionable and type of thing. And he, he apologized, but man, again, just another piece of it just doesn't look good for Sammy and it didn't look good for the company. It was disgusting. When that came out, like it was absolutely disgusting. Um, the comments that he made, uh, and yeah, hundred percent. Look, he he wasn't the only one brought up, um, with regards to this. Uh, we know that there were several other people who uh were the focus points. A couple of people lost their jobs from both companies. We don't need to list their names. Um, people know who they are. If you don't. You know, well, their names are out there. Um, I think that the sincerity behind uh, Sammy's words at the time were what um, allowed him to sort of not gain sympathy because that's that's a really terrible way to put it. It's it's more, um, it, it's more that he was able to soften his fall, uh, because. As much as I really enjoyed Sammy's package at the start, the way he was, the up and coming sort of uh, high flyer. Whenever I heard this, I, I legitimately kind of started to tune away from him. I didn't, I didn't want anything. It's the same with the other guys. There was a couple of them that I really enjoyed watching, and I, I just kind of went, no, I'm not watching anything to do with you. Um. So whenever he came back, and obviously the sensitivity training uh, happened, and uh, uh, you know he seemed like he had genuinely learned, like then he could start from ground zero again. Uh, the fact that he'd mentioned talking with Sasha Banks, Mercedes Varnado, who uh, had taught him this lesson, it's like fair enough. Um, it's it's one of those things that you look back on and you go, right, well, he's learned in a very public manner and this is what we want to sort of uh stress to people is these individuals are being put on our tv screens and they are the ones that have to remember that they are garnering the following that will follow them to the ends of the earth from back whenever they make the comments to whatever they can whatever comments they make going forward I think for a moment, Sammy forgot. Yeah, it goes back to an earlier point we talk about that, again, you having any sort of degree of celebrity, anything you say or anything you do, not to sound like a sort of court drama, but can be used against you. So, you know, it's just, if you happen to say or do stuff, then people are going to listen, people are going to react. And I appreciated the apology that he gave and I think what he put out was probably again heart probably heartfelt and honest and the fact that he reached out and Mercedes and Sammy were able to have a conversation and and bridge the gap and kind of do that sort of very adult orientated thing right there I think was a really good move and I'll agree like I think he could have 100% potentially have been fired but i think because maybe he had a meeting i'm not going to speculate but the nature of the apology and i'm sure his meeting with aw management 
probably again soften the fall for let's go with a suspension. And then when when all sides are ready to come back, then he came back. So yeah, I I think it's this is another one where it's just you know it's a it's a tough part, but you know you gotta you gotta be a little bit more mindful these days. At the end of the day, people learn and people grow. Who people were are not who people are, nor will they be who uh, who they might be uh, in the future. Who I was twenty years ago, you know, when I was not but a child, is is completely different to who I am now. And you know, two years ago, in the, in the uh, eyes of um, fame and fortune, may as well be twenty years. Like you, you need to grow up really quickly whenever you're in the public eye um where you 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 can just uh you can go from being the darling of of the entire internet to being persona non grata real quick uh so the these were comments that were obviously made recently um in relation to the timeline so sami learned from them again grew from them uh, but I'm not sure he really, it took a while, but maybe he just didn't kind of get the lesson or maybe he forgot his sensitivity training after a period of time. Yeah. And that leads perfectly into another quote unquote incident we had more recently with an interaction between Sammy himself and Eddie Kingston. As we get some more information here, the two men were kicking off a feud that would culminate in a singles bout at the now all-out 2022 pay-per-view, reportedly with Kingston going over. In an unaired promo segment from AEW Rampage, Guevara poked fun at Kingston's weight, which the Mad King took exception with. This led to a reported physical encounter between the two backstage, resulting in a quiet suspension for Eddie Kingston. This is the first time that Kingston's physique has resulted in escalated tensions in AEW, but it is far from the only instant that his weight has been brought up in a promo. Quote, It doesn't bother me until people who didn't draw money say it, Kingston said on Busted Open Radio. If you say it, maybe I'll go. Maybe I need to rethink things? Like, if Booker T said it, alright, maybe I gotta hit the gym harder. But if it's someone who hasn't done anything, or someone who's a holder-on then it bothers me, end quote. Kingston and Guevara have since buried the hatchet, and has, they reportedly talked things out and shook hands at the end of August. While Kingston didn't excuse Guevara's comments, he did admit that he was most frustrated with the situation due to already having a bad mood on that day. Quote, I woke up that day in a bad mood, Kingston continued. I woke up, I rubbed the crust out of my eyes, I looked at my phone and went, oh no, not you. I had nothing to do with him. It could have been anybody at that day, but since it was him, I was like, no, not you, end quote. The Kingston-Guevara situation may be over, but its relevance is as prominent as ever, considering Kingston received disciplinary action for getting physical with Guevara. This inadvertently set the precedent for punishments that would be dished out to CM Punk, Ace Steel, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks for their backstage fight. All of those men, as well as numerous parties that reportedly attempted to break up the fight, are currently suspended from AEW. The notion that I take away here is that, sort of last point towards the end, it did set a precedent for how potentially altercations are handled backstage. 
in AEW. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, Eddie did uh, apologize for um, uh, putting his hands on him, putting his hand on him being uh, Sammy Guevara, uh, because he did attempt to pie face him, um, just, you know, straight, just throw him down to the ground. Um, Eddie shouldn't have done that. He knows he was in the wrong. He apologized for that, uh, which is something that, you know, some people might look at Eddie and go, well, why are you apologizing for standing up for yourself? You know, this, that, and the other. But Eddie knows. You know, Eddie's a veteran. Eddie knows that, you know, outside of trying to draw money, you, you don't want to start things with people that you're meant to be working with. Um, you know, if, if he doesn't like you, he will tell you he doesn't like you. I'm pretty sure he's that kind of guy. Pretty um, much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I never want to be in a room with a very angry Eddie Kingston. And if I am, I will remain silent and I will remain immovable. I will not, I will attempt to breathe very slightly and wait until he leaves because I do not wish to engage the dangerous Eddie Kingston. Um, that being said, yeah, he woke up in a bad mood. Uh, there's no excusing. Like, that's a pretty. For everybody in the world, that's a pretty poor excuse. You wake up in a bad mood, do not bring it to your workplace. Um, that that is totally these, fair. These, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, these are all things that that he knows. That Eddie knows. Like, it's not as if I'm I'm telling Eddie off here or saying that Eddie doesn't know. Like, he he has come out and said, you know, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. I'm sorry. Like we said, they shook shook hands and woke up. That being said, do not comment on someone else's body. Like, that is just the most ridiculously stupid thing ever, okay? Like, we are in the year of the Wrestling Lord 2022 right now. Wrestlers come in all shapes and sizes. We do not live in the beefcake era where everybody has to be six and a half feet tall and built like a brick house with expletive thrown in there. You know, not everybody has to be Ultimate Warrior. Not everybody has to be The Undertaker. We have Sammy Guevara's in the world now. Skinny little pull-throughs for a rifle by comparison to those guys. But Sammy is athletic. Sammy has an athletic build by the comparison to every other wrestler. But then you have your brawlers, your brutes, your big guys. Like, imagine if, you know... Sammy saw a picture of Otis. Like, how would he react to that? Well, I can tell you how he would react because Otis would probably squash him. Like, legitimately just walk over and crush him in his hands. That man is strong. Don't know why anyone in the world wishes to comment on someone else's body because it's not yours. Does it offend you in some way? Cool. Well, you leave. Because you're the one offended, so you move out of the way. Because the other person is going about their day. Let them have their day, because they exist for themselves. Like, I will point fun at my own body, because, well, you know, it's mine. I'm allowed to do that. Everybody else will do the same thing to their own body. Like, there's probably things that they don't like about their body. But you don't have to come along and go, Oh, hey, Joker, you're fat. Like, 
cool. You're stupid. Go away. That would be the extent of our conversation, you know? Um, but that's because like I'm not a I'm not a lover like Eddie Kingston is. Uh, and Eddie Kingston just loved him some pie right then. There's two things that stick in my mind about your retort. The first one, essentially the, the piece that I would drive home is empathy, right? We live we're in a much more different world in 2022 than we were, say, in the turn of the century in 2000, in the 90s, in the 80s. Again, if you're going to comment on somebody's body and physique, like, one, it's childish. Oh, is this grade school again? Like, really? Like, it shows a lot of levels of immaturity. And two, to that point, again, we've just, it's more so about you know, my, the way that I look and the way that my body is and, and my weight and all those things, it, it's something that I am dealing with or I am working on or I'm working towards. And it's about a lot of things too now that we see about stuff more so about mental health being a lot of bit more in the forefront, right? Think about things like empathy. Everybody is going through and is fighting a battle. I myself am deal with things on a daily basis and I don't explicitly make those things public, you know, but everybody is working through some things and, and has things on their mind just because you can't see them per se. Doesn't mean think folks aren't going through stuff. Likewise with, with the likes of an Eddie Kingston or the likes of a Sammy, for example, they're, they got going, they're doing stuff that they don't talk about. So again, just doesn't make sense. It's, it's stupid to say, and it just, it, there's really, it doesn't show you as a class of a person if you choose to take that low-hanging fruit and go with that. The second piece that I was thinking about from your retort is, again, about how everybody comes in all shapes and different sizes. And wrestling, too. It's been like that since the 80s. If everybody was super jacked and everybody was the Ultimate Warriors and Hulk Hogan, we had homogenous, everybody looked the same, then no one would stand out. You know, no one would be kind of the thing that sort of latches onto and kind of gravitates towards. So the fact that I can have the likes of a, a Brian Cage or a Wardlow, super jacked guys who are very athletic, you have, you know, smaller guys in stature, a Guevara, a maybe a Brian Danielson, a, you know, uh, guys also too, like a, uh, a Kyle O'Reilly or an Adam Cole. You know, or a guy like Eddie Kingston, you know, who, who, again, all these different styles, all these different influences, all these different backgrounds, they look different. Folks gravitate for whatever reason, you know, I, for me, you know, Eddie Kingston is a guy, you know, I'm a New York City, New Yorker, born and raised. Eddie's from, you know, from my area. So I gravitate to him because he sounds like some folks that I grew up around. He has that swagger. He has that feel of authenticity and realness. He speaks like folks that I kind of grew up around or are familiar with. Like I, I gravitate to him, you know, I'm not the most, you know, I don't have 4% body fat. You know, I can relate to him that he's, you know, uh, maybe a little bit bigger guy. And, you know, again, I just, for all his total package is something that maybe like I, there are things about him that I enjoy, notwithstanding. To bring it home, again, having variety and having different sizes and shapes makes, again, it's a variety show. 
If everybody was the same, nobody stand out. So it's good to have different characters. And again, empathy, man. Like everybody's going through some stuff. And if you're if you're the idiot who's taking shots at low hanging fruit, it says more about you than it says about anybody else. Hundred percent. People, like you said, people have their own stuff that they're going through. Everyone has the daily stresses of life bearing down on them uh, from every angle, uh, from ranges of little mild uh, pieces of stress to out and out depression, anxiety, things of uh, mental health, uh, things that will affect people in varying degrees. Body shaming uh, is akin to uh, akin to insulting, you know, kicking someone when they're down whenever you try to body shame someone. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just terrible uh, that, that it, it even had to be said, you know, basically to a guy who had undergone sensitivity training two years prior about comments he made about someone else's body. Uh, so, you know, he went from one extreme to the other. Uh, it was just, Neither of them were good. Um, that was just the, the the second the second lesson for Sami. Yeah, it was a head scratching moment for sure, especially again because he had that sensitivity training. And we go to a, another head scratching moment, and we think about the rumblings of maybe as to why this sort of kind of double standard of well, maybe why was Andrade sent home. Maybe Sammy wasn't, even though we've had a quote-unquote precedent set with the brawl out, the fallout from All Out post-media scrum that you have here. According to a report from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, one account stated how the company's public image is terrible due to the Guevara and Andrade fight happening so close to the CM Punk altercation with the Elite. Another source claimed Chris Jericho backed Guevara and confirmed the young star did nothing wrong. The co- this coincides with some reports that suggested that Guevara didn't throw any punches during the altercation, which is why he was allowed to compete in the main event. However, another source believes this to be a double standard, since the Elite reportedly didn't initiate punches being thrown during the altercation with CM Punk, and yet were still suspended. What we get out of here is essentially Chris Jericho vouching for Sammy. You have somebody who is a very important person in this company, Chris Jericho, first world champion, and has a lot of influence, shall we say, on what goes behind, what goes on behind the curtain as well, in terms of making impressions and kind of having a bit of stroke. But long story short, Chris apparently, whether it's true or it's not, may have gone to bat for Sammy, and that's why he got to stay and also be in the main event, as opposed to some of the other folks that the aforementioned uh, brawl out who everybody, even the folks who broke it up, were suspended. So where my point is, I don't think there's a right answer, but it just is a head-scratching moment for sure. Um, there, there is, to that, I, I want to play devil's advocate and say there is a right answer. You suspend Sammy too. You send Sammy home as well. I don't care if Chris Jericho bites for him. You set the standard. By scorching earth with everyone involved in the brawl out. You sent everyone to the suspended line, bish bash bosh, jobs are good, and we'll sort this out later. Uh okay, so Sammy is involved in this uh, altercation. Okay, send both of them home. I don't want to deal with it. 
You you lose your spot in the match tonight because you were involved. We have seen the tweets. We have seen the instigation. Go home. You have just cost yourself a match. And whether or not it's John Moxley, Chris Jericho, Danhausen, or the janitor, I don't care who vouches for and either of them, they both deserve to go home. If if this is an altercation where fists were thrown. Now, Andrade has been told you will not be fired. And stop trying to get fired on things like this. Yeah, these are all insinuated that he is still trying to get fired. Fair enough. I mean, if this I have a real problem with the length of these contracts for some people. Some of these contracts are a wee bit too long. Um, but the contracts are there. You signed them, you agreed to them, then you extend them in the likes of John Moxley, who's signed a recent five-year extension to his contract. Um, that's the way they should be. So these guys trying to get out of their contracts, it's, it's, I'm not a hundred, I'm, I don't know anything about contract law, but I'm pretty sure you can't do that. Uh, you signed the thing, you're there. Uh, and intentionally just trying to fight with people to get out of your contract is not going to want other employers to bring you on. Um, I don't, I don't really care. It'd be, it'd be really bad. Uh, it'd be a really bad deal for WWE to even touch Andrade if he got fired for fighting. You know, in the backstage area, they would get an an awful lot of negative press. Yeah, it's just not it's not good looks because you know if he potentially got frustrated somewhere else, then we've seen a precedent of maybe how he handles exactly. himself if he's exactly. not happy. He so. wants to fight his way out of a contract physically, so it's not a good look. So the fact that Chris vouched for uh, Sammy and Sammy got to stay and Sammy got to be in uh, the match later on, it was well, it wasn't a surprise to how everybody reacted to this. Yeah, 100%. So during, once the show Dynamite in Question aired and there was a couple segments with Sammy featured, a backstage interview segment, and we go around the JS and Sammy appears on camera and says a couple sentences, very short, but he gets massive boos from the live crowd. Cut to the main event. The team Brian... Daniel Bryan of Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson facing off against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Anytime Sammy was shown or tagged in, massive boos from the live crowd. So long story short, there were some in the crowd that at least were aware of the ongoings earlier in the day and sort of the Twitter spat that happened over the weekend, and they just made it very apparent about their feelings towards Sammy even going so far as to have a hashtag fire Sammy trending on Twitter. Goes back to one of the earlier points I read in that article. Just it's bad looks, man. Inconsistencies. Again, I am not being an armchair quarterback or an armchair booker, but bad press usually isn't good for business. And it's just, there are inconsistencies which I can understand people being frustrated over. Yeah, I can understand people being frustrated. I can understand the initial uh, the initial connection to this story being Sammy felt like he was uh, 
unfairly attacked in the ring uh, by Andrade. Andrade's response was a weak, uh, just hit me back harder. Um, obviously, the old school mentality, which some people will not uh, will not sort of um, agree with. Uh, I am on the fence with whether or not uh, uh, that is going to be the case because we should expect that in this high octane uh, era of wrestling, that um, individuals should be more aware of the safety of their opponent. Uh, both individuals need to take care of each other in the ring. Um, you know, this is very high impact, very scary stuff. Um, some people have received life-threatening injuries, career-ending injuries, um, and and it's just a, a long line in the list of people who um, just kind of got annoyed by their treatment in the ring. So, that being said, everybody who was following uh, that initial uh, entry into this saga of the Sami Guevara incident files, um, yeah, wanted him fired. I don't want to advocate ever for anyone to get fired for the, from their job uh, whenever it comes to these wrestling uh, things, especially for something that is outside in the social media sphere. Um, it is, it, it's just a bad look, really, uh, that you're hoping somebody loses their job because they tweeted some mean things. Suspensions, yes, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, reprimands, things like this here, take him out of the JAS, make sure that he knows, you know, there, there are ways to treat people who want to do this sort of thing. Um, and even going so far as to maybe, you know, not wanting to renew their contract. Like, you know, not wanting to renew is completely different. And if people know that you're a problem worker during your contract, maybe you won't get that renewal. So that's probably something you should be aware of. Um, but anytime we saw Sami, there was booze, there was jeers, there was chance of F you Sami. Uh, there was just vitriol thrown at him. And honestly, because of the rapid succession of the Eddie Kingston, uh, the Eddie Kingston incident, the brawl out, at all out and this incident um i think people were sort of sick of the aw locker room trying to do the work shoots uh at the shoot works you know trying to work themselves into shoot brothers uh you know all that there it's like guys you just have a creative team let them deal with it stop trying to work yourself into a shoot it's getting boring. And honestly, it's a really bad look when you do this a week after your boss says this is the most stable the roster has been in a long time. Make you make, make the billionaire out to be a bold faced liar voice. Good job. Yeah, I'm in agreement that there is some controversy is not the right, right word, but there, there's some inconsistencies or there's not an alignment. People are on different pages. In terms of maybe the boss man and, and some of the workers and stuff like that. But I think of the nature of these sort of quote unquote incidences and things like that. If Sammy's one of the quote, like the four pillars, right, of AEW, 
or young guys are trying to build the future around. And I think about the four pillars themselves. We have the aforementioned we spoke uh, regarding Sammy. I think of one of the other pillars, Darby Allen. The only thing I can kind of think of in terms of sort of a controversy or controversy piece was maybe mentioning something about in regards to a speaking out movement piece in regards to him. We think about Jungle Boy Jack Perry, where we just really don't hear anything kind of about him. He's just kind of goes in there and lives his life and wrestles. And then we think about MJF, where obviously we've had a previous episode of him being frustrated and things of such, but it's one of those things that you think about Max the person. We hear things about him. He's just kind of an, you know, an okay, good dude. And then we see the sort of professional Max MJF character, and we kind of see him on Twitter. So I don't know what a solution is. Maybe it's having a sort of social media class or social media guidance, somebody to help look over. I don't know if it's like that. Maybe, maybe Sammy can just seek advice from like MJF, for example, because MJF does a really good job again of playing the MJF character on Twitter, but then also the Maxwell or the Max person again is from many accounts just conceived and appeared different than the MJF character. So he's got potential resources. Again, I'm not walking a mile in his shoes. I'm not making suggestions. I'm not judging, but maybe it's just something that can be an option for the company as a whole. Look, at the end of the day, if you're going to take social media advice, take it from MJF or my personal favorite because she is the queen of Twitter, Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose has an amazing social media presence. She is funny. She is absolutely amazing. Uh, and some of her tweets are just absolutely hilarious. Her recent uh, feud that has begun with, uh, with Jade Cargill, mm. if you want to go and take a look at some of her tweets since last night, she is killing it right now. This is how you feud with people. You know, MJF, yes, 100%. Like, he is a, uh, we, we spoke about him the other week, where, you know, he does not reinvent the wheel. He is a heel's heel. And he is um, obviously the bad guy. He does the insulting of the, the place. And then, you know, he he says, look, this is what I'm going to do. You're just, you're just not as good as me. I am better than you. And this, and this, that, and the other. Um, and you know, it shows, uh, I, I did see a, a segment where he met uh, hangman in the box for the first time with Cody and Cody walks into a room and, you know, he walks up, he's all nice and jovial. And then he turns around and he's like, all right, you know, whatever he said to them. And then he glazed into them saying, I'm better than you and you know it and all this here. And then he just t- takes hangman's coffee cup and says, that's crap coffee and gives it back to him. Hangman continues to drink from it for some reason. It's just, you know, the little things that he is a comedic heel, but he is not trying to, you know, he, he's not, he's, he's an actor. He's not trying to be like, oh, you're this, that, and the other. You know, he's not trying to be Sammy Guevara's version of, all right, mate, you're a petty hire. 
uh, go back to WWE, uh, stop trying to get fired, you know, you're just a jobber, um, this, that, and the other. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm not sure all the social media advice in the world can help uh, the absolute storm that is uh, engulfed the Sami sphere right now. We all have to learn, and it's. I'm going to echo a point you made it out. We all have to learn in different ways, and we're all going to learn in different ways. And some of us have to learn the hard way of making mistakes, potentially, and, and living with those ramifications of those mistakes. And some of us can lean on sort of mentors or people who have potentially walked in those shoes before us, or maybe somebody who does something better than us, notwithstanding. My point here is I don't know Sammy personally and professionally. I only watched him as a character on television or kind of see his interactions. I would just, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not giving advice. I'm not, you know, suggesting anything, but I, I would say that hopefully that, you know, Samuel, the person is, is from different from Sammy, the character that we see. And hopefully that he, you know, can feel comfortable maybe separating the two. And I don't know, again, I'm not saying, and I'm not, suggesting anything but man i just i want these guys to succeed sammy included but maybe just trying something a little different because what's been you've been doing maybe isn't working full-fledged i will offer some advice stop insulting the people you work with because pretty soon no one's going to want to work with you for fear of something that might start that is just something really simple if you want to continue working and continue doing these really great spots that Chris Jericho is basically allowing you to do, you might want to have some form of empathy for your, uh, for your co-workers. You might wish to just not act like a jerk to them and maybe come off social media. Do a wee bit of a social media cleanse every now and then. Like, let's face it, it might help. It might not. But, you know, what's the harm? Because in the last four months, well, you've drawn the ire of two pretty big names and insulted the billionaire boss. So you can only improve from here um, unless you just start to go and uh, spiral and insult Chris Jericho. Who knows? But that was the quote-unquote Sammy Guevara incidents. So if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns regarding any of the what we discussed here, let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you think of what's going on with the Sammy Guevara incident and piece as a whole. All right, so coming up here, little change of pace, a little palate cleanser, if you will. Normally, this would be the piece where we have our quick hit segment. And we, before we got in here and recorded today, we found out that we actually shared a bit yeah, of the quick let's, hit. Let's call a speed a speed. We both popped for the same thing because we've been alternatively popping for the same thing the last few weeks. Of course, as you can see, it's another spot with Sami Zayn and Jey Uso, ladies and gentlemen. So, 
in lieu of the sort of quick hits little segment itself, we wanted to have our share of our sort of joint and combined quick hits in this little mini section that we're calling the Sami Zayn Jey Uso Saga Continues. So, with that, on this past week's episode of WWE SmackDown, we saw the show open with a town hall featuring the bloodline. Joker, what happened during this town hall? So obviously we have the big dog, Roman Reigns and his entourage come down to the ring. I was going to give him all his names, but by now we know them. And, uh, you know, he was doing the whole acknowledge me bit. And then uh, he gets interrupted by Mr. Logan Paul, his uh, his opponent that is uh, coming up for Crown Jewel. Um, obviously this amuses uh, Roman a little bit as uh, as Logan stands on the, the side of the ring here. And eventually, Logan plucks up the courage to get in to the ring. Now, the wise man then takes his turn to verbally berate uh, Logan Paul. Uh, I'm not going to lie, it was a little bit long-winded. There was a lot of references in there. Uh, and I was just like, okay, Paul, can we wrap this up and get to the point? Thank you very much for your contributions, but this is one of the long ones. <laughs> Even I, in my morning stupor with my coffee, was like, "How much longer is he gonna? How much longer is he gonna continue, my guy? Come on!" And then Logan Paul said it in reference to what um, the wise man was talking about. Logan Paul asked whether or not it was the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. That was going to smash him at Crown Jewel, or the tribal chief, Jay Uso. And Jay Uso gets visibly upset. Roman Reigns, not so much, nonplussed. You can maybe see the, the, the jaw clench, got a wee bit tight there. The, the back goes up. And Jay is being held back by Jimmy. He's like, say that, you know, don't say that again, you know, say less, and all this shouting at him. And, uh, you know, Logan Paul is just kind of like, I, I, I can't see the difference. You know, you're, you know, you're just basically him, aren't you? It's like, you know, obviously stirring. Oh, it was great. I loved it. One of the things that Logan Paul did well um, is I am the tables bit. I am the table bit, though. Not so much. Anyway, um, Roman decides that he's had enough. And so he kind of just takes a wee step and starts to get in Jay's face. And like a child who knows he has done wrong, Jay begins to just car in fear and look sheepish and sort of just start to look down and away and everywhere except meeting Roman's gaze. It was adorable. It was like a child was being <laughs> told off by their parent with I haven't anything said at all. In pops the Savior Sami Zayn. Just kind of looks at it, looks at the situation, and he says that, you know, there's no need to fight. Jay did nothing wrong. There was nothing on Jay's part here. He did nothing wrong. You do not need to be angry at him. And he just starts to go on Logan Paul. He goes, around here, we have a saying in the bloodline. We the ones. He holds up his wand. But not before making Roman Reigns break by calling Logan Paul 
the biggest two ever. <laughs> it's just Sami Zayn, toilet humor, breaking Roman Reigns live on TV, made me pop. I was like, I can see where this is going. <laughs> But yeah, the, the peacekeeping ability of Sami Zayn uh, was definitely out on show today, and um, or out on show on SmackDown rather. And uh, yeah, he is he is integral to the bloodline. There was two things that I took away from that. The first one, where uh, the wise man Paul Heyman just kept badgering Logan, and I all I kept the only thing I kept thinking was. The Simpsons line, stop, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> it was the thing yeah. I get in my mind. And then Sammy, man, coming in like a champ and getting everyone refocused. And I was like, man, Sammy, dude, way to, way to just kill it right there. So kudos to everyone involved in that segment for sure. Yep, it was definitely a great way to open the show. And then we see sort of chapter one right there. We actually cut to sort of chapter two of this story in... The WWE SmackDown cut to a backstage in the Bloodline dressing room. And Sammy comments that Jay is just such a hothead. Jay gets worked up and tells Sammy to call him a hothead one more time. We see Roman cut Jay off and agrees with Sammy that Jay is indeed a hothead. Roman elaborates that Jay's always been this way and that they've dealt with this all their lives. And that's a problem. And it's been a problem their whole life, and he doesn't want to be their problem anymore. Roman looks over at Sammy and exclaims, It's your problem now, Sammy. Sammy just cowers right on the couch and admittedly stunned, and Jay gives the biggest scowl in Sammy's direction. Man, you talk about layers. You talk about... This was so good. So good. Now Roman Reigns is getting involved, making it officially a problem for both of these guys. Like Sammy just sitting there, you know, saying, oh, Solo's so good, Solo's so good, taking him under my wing, and then draws the ire of Jay, who, admittedly, I was surprised because I thought, okay, maybe he, he bought himself a little respite from Jay this week after playing Peacekeeper right in the ring, to my earlier point. But no, it gets this, you're a hothead, call me hothead one more time. It's like, okay, bro, now combustible elements are put in close contact with each other as Sammy takes control of Jay Uso's sort of uh, goings-on, as it were. And by proxy, Jimmy too, but we all know that those two are, those two are a lot more uh, amicable between, between the two. 100%. And we see the layers of the story get deep. And from here, we see sort of chapter three of the episode and the saga here on SmackDown. We see the Usos and Sammy come across the New Day in the hallway. And to add fuel to the fire, Kofi Kingston says Jay went from main event Jay Uso to Sami Zayn being his boss. Then Xavier Woods fires back, first Roman is your daddy, now he's your daddy too, referring to Sammy. You got two daddies? Which made me absolutely pop there. And we see the finish here, after Sammy challenges Woods and Kingston to a six-man tag, Woods fires one last shot, telling Sammy, 
You're not a stepdaddy. You're the dad that stepped up. Congratulations. Oh my God. The new this. day, the new day just pouring gasoline, branded gasoline on this fire right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this, this has even more layers added onto it because we were talking about it last week with the Usos coming up on the New Day's longest reign as tag champs. Looks like the final feud to break the back of this is going to be with a small feud with the New Day, which is great. And the fact that he go, that Xavier Woods just comes up with, you got two daddies? You're so lucky! <laughs> you just... It was just the smiles on the New Day's face compared to Jimmy going, I don't know where to look. I don't know what to do. I need out of this situation. Like, what's happening? And like, Sammy, sort this out. And Jay just going, rest. And then, you know, <laughs> you're not the stepdaddy. You're the dad who stepped up. Creased me. Creased me. I cannot. I cannot underestimate just how much I love Xavier Woods in that moment. It was great. I had to pause the video, the VOD right there, because I was just like, oh man, like, <laughs> the Woods, like, again, these, the Usos, the New Day, and now with Sammy, like, these guys have set such chemistry, both in and out of the ring, and they, they play off each other so well. I wouldn't be surprised that some of this was like, all right, having like an idea kind of what I want to say, but we're just going to go like, we're going to play off each other and we're going to sort of improvise, but man, these guys just, kill it in and out of the ring any segment they're in they do a phenomenal job and to the point you were saying again man like the layers to this story are just incredible that's it continues it's amazing yeah i i just cannot wait to see where the rest of this goes like honestly last week we were saying um different things about how uh, you know, Jay was uh, was probably going to get called out, and you know, here we see little little inklings of that happening now, um, and how more interesting now the story is getting, and week by week we're adding to this story. Um, I feel like we're going to have to take a break from it at some point because we're all going to get so excited about what's happening, it's just going to get to a fever pitch, and then we're going to get disappointed that there's not something happening. Um, but yeah, we also decided to have this longer sort of quick hit because yeah, the both of us popped for it, and it's uh, it's our third week in a row where we we've, we've been popped by it. So yeah, yeah, we we ended up coming together on this one. It was sort of a joint effort, and I you know what I was just like we have to because again the nature of the quick hits for the folks that are sort of newer listening, it's little segments or sort of that pop the boys segments that we may not get a chance to cover full fledged in a whole topic or say. But we really enjoyed, and we wanted to share with you folks. And there have been times where, you know, sometimes I might have one, Joker has one, or one, one of us doesn't, and the other one does. So it's just like, this is genuinely something we've both enjoyed, and we wanted to share with you, because we are having so much fun following along with this. And if you follow the channel... And if you've been with us for a while, you've noticed sort of these sort of mini series over the course of the channel itself, those seed of stories that we followed. For example, this little mini series of the Jay and the Sammy saga, the sort of mini series or the piece about the, the ass claimed and its history has sort of a piece that we followed a long time on the channel. 
little references like me and, and John Blood with the Overdrive, little things like that that we've enjoyed because we've had fun with that and we wanted to share. And again, it's gonna, there are going to be times where, you know what, where there may not be kind of things we just, you know what, like it was just sort of a slower time in a week and we may not have stuff we want to share, but you folks may share with us. But again, it all comes down to we had fun with it. We wanted to share it with you, and that's why we brought it up. Definitely. And uh, we say it every week, but if you do have any quick hits yourselves, you can always tweet at us and tell us what your quick hits were, because honestly, we may have the same ones. Some of the good stuff going on in the wrestling right now is popping a lot of people. Uh, and this Sami Zayn Uso Bloodline Saga is is likely one of them, whether or not you know, you love it or you hate it. I'm sure you feel a certain way about this particular segment. Couldn't agree more. So if you enjoyed it like we did, let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or on Twitter, Instagram, or if you have your own quick hits or moments from this past week in wrestling, feel free to share it with us and let us know and have that conversation for sure. All right. So with that, about wraps it up for us joker thank you so much for the conversation this week man it was good we had a lot of fun went a little serious and we got a little fun again but hot damn is it always just fun to talk to you brother yeah it's definitely fun to talk about the stuff that we uh we enjoy in the world of wrestling to sandwich that uh to, to today was great you know the acclaimed and the bloodline stuff is definitely keeping me happy in the world of uh, the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. I can see more interesting things happening tonight that may invest my interest elsewhere, as well as a particular re-debut of someone next Friday night uh, that you know, I am definitely looking forward to seeing some more. Of course, again, at the time of recording, the WWE Extreme Rules pay-per-view is tonight, but upon release, it may have already happened when you're listening to this, so definitely let us know if you thought about what happened, what went down, and potential debuts slash surprises slash things, let us know, but yeah, today was today was a good one, a lot of stuff we went over, and again, I know that there are... The IWC, the internet wrestling community, can be a very divisive or kind of opinionated folk, but I appreciate that I can bring up a topic and even sort of maybe a, a uh, drastic topic like, you know, the Sammy Guevara pieces that we talked about, and we can have a calm, rational decision and discussion between the two. I can share my thoughts, you can share your thoughts with me, and we can acknowledge a line of sure, we can come together and we can agree, we can disagree, but we can still talk calmly and, and share information and maybe see something in someone else's point. So I appreciate that for sure with you. Yeah, there's definitely been points where, you know, especially in our predictions, but otherwise in other in other sections as well that we've talked about where you know, you've made a point and that has opened up a new avenue to my thought process on something that I've thought about something before. So yeah. It's it's always best to have a discussion where you with someone where you know that it's uh they're not attacking you. They're just having a little chat. And uh if you really want to be uh feeling like you're getting attacked, then you're taking it a wee bit too seriously. Pump the brakes. And uh just remember 
that everybody loves the acclaim. I couldn't have said it better. So we all are united. It was this past week where we had National Scissor Day. If you see the person to your right or you see the person to your left, remember that scissoring is a hand gesture and a sign of friendship. So if you feel so inclined, scissor the person to your left and right and let them know that they are a friend. So with that, for TF Joker. You can always scissor me, friend. I love it. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace.